Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN Underdog Fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers get can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. And don't forget, college football bankroll challenge up to $3,000 up for grabs. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com bachelor's bankroll. I think it's like seven more sleeps until uh, football. It is seven more sleeps. It is almost too close, almost too close for, for me to wait any longer. Uh, We're talking about it entirely too much at work right now. Um, It's all I'm going to do on my phone. It's like that weird. I, I feel like I need to do it right now, but it's not here yet. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's here. And so, um, all, all of the casual fans and the home leagues are going on. I mean, everybody's, everybody's back to the party and, uh, it's, it's going to be great next week. We got the, the chiefs and the lions to start us off today. We're going to talk about tight ends and, uh, yeah, if we're going to talk about the chiefs, you might as well go right to the tight end rankings. And so we typically like to go to the, the, you know, the content right away. I do want to remind everybody, this is your first time hit the subscriber button. And uh, we have Kyle Pitts is the consensus tight end one for SGPN. Uh, one, two, two, one in the rankings. Travis Kelsey, three, one, four, two. And then we have Mark Andrews, two, three, one, three. And so, Brad, as far as a tier, what's your top tier? Is it is it your top three, your top two? No, the, the top four right now are still guys I'm comfortable with having any of the combination of four. I, I, I'm i a little bit higher, as you can tell, um, TJ Hawkinson. I, I'm bumping Travis Kelsey down just because of the longevity. Obviously, from a, uh, you know, a year-to-year perspective, Travis Kelsey is the dude, and there's no debating that by anybody. It's just the dynasty and the longevity of the position. I'm looking at these three younger guys a little bit ahead of him, but these top four right now are my top tier uh like i said i'm happy to have any of them in my lineup right now yeah and and i do think there's you know when you look at it i will say that adp wise there's some tiers um you know you look at dynasty adp on on the value right now um you know travis kelsey's still carrying a lot of uh, a lot of power um considering his age um considering that he's much older than mark andrews and uh, tj hawkinson but he's just so elite that it's really hard to 
to drop him down any further. And you can yep. still get still get very good value for him. Yeah, it's um, he's definitely not aging from a what you can get from him or what you can get for him in most dynasty league so it's it's pretty disgusting thinking you get you know you got a 33 year old player and you're still drawing massive capital whether it be traffics or young players yeah and, and so you know for me with with kyle pitts um i only have a couple shares because he's hard to get and a lot of times you pay for kyle pitts and you are you know you're not, you're not getting the same production you are from some of the other guys, um, specifically uh, Mark Andrews and um, and Travis Kelsey. So, um, you know, there is there could be a move right now with Travis Kelsey and you want to be like, you know, you want to be a little early. And so, Brad, would you if you were a competing team? Would you consider moving Kelsey for one of those other pieces plus something? Yeah, 100%. I, I ain't going to get wrong. Kelsey's head and shoulders above for probably this year. Uh, but if I can go get uh, a Mark Andrews or a TJ Hawkinson, I am ecstatic with the plus on top of that because I still think you have one of those elite difference makers at the top end position the change of dynasty roster year. Kyle Pitts, while yes, I'm happy to have him. I already talked about him being in the tier. If I'm trying to compete this year, I don't know how this is that I'm trying to tear it not really tear down to change from Kyle to Kyle Pitts. I'm not 100% confident he's going to be able to produce those elite-type numbers this season. As I think TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews, you're still going to see elite production for those guys like you have in recent history. So those would be my really the main picks that I'd be wanting uh, to try and move plus. Yeah, and so um, with, you know, with Mark Andrews, it's almost like you have a little bit of a buy opportunity with how, how, you know, he performed last year. And so you have, um, you know, you have this offensive change. You got the different weapons there. Um, for me, uh, Hawkinson ended on a high note and Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews ended on, on a low note. So um, what are your thoughts here with, um, Hawkinson, do you think Jordan Addison is going to um, eat into his work? No, I don't. I still think TJ Hawkinson is the number two target for the Minnesota Vikings. They brought him in. I know they spent high draft capital on Jordan Addison, but they were really looking for that secondary wide receiver next to Justin Jefferson. They had been trying out various guys, whether it be KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen as he was aging out, uh, Amir Smith Marset as they were trying him out. Like they've had some guys that they, Jalen Naylor, uh, you know, they brought in Jalen Rager to see if he could do anything. They had all of these guys that just after Adam Thielen started to age out, they didn't have anybody to fill that secondary role. So that in comes TJ Hawkinson and he absolutely smashed. And I just think he's going to get the opportunity because he showed that he could do it with that offense last season in the back half. So 
I think all those targets that you saw split between all these third, fourth receivers, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, those guys, uh, Smith Marset, all of those, I think those targets really kind of for the most part kind of filter over into Jordan Addison. Um, and TJ Hawkinson maintains that that secondary target next to Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and, and with this this offense, I mean, you know Kirk Cousins is going to probably throw for 30 touchdowns, 4,500 yards like he does perennially. And it should be a pretty good offense. And I think all three pieces can be good this year for fantasy football. Um, Kyle Pitts, we're expecting, you know, hoping to get a big bounce back from him. Last year, the targets were, you know, they, they kind of were there. And I remember – seeing where he was getting targets in the end zone or catching the ball at the one yard line. Um, then he happened to get hurt. So yeah, Bowers should be in the top five of your dynasty tight ends. Um, but with that, with that being said, Pitt still didn't do it last year. Um, he was the sixth overall tight end as a rookie. You can get a whole lot for him right now. Are you patient enough to take, Kyle Pitts as the number one overall tight end in a dynasty startup. Um, yeah, I think so. Cause I still think he's going to be a top 10 nasty tight end this year. I mean, I can see Kelsey ahead of from a this season perspective. Kelsey ahead, Drew's ahead, Hawkinson ahead, Cotter, Dan Waller. After that, it, it could be. And it can be Kyle Pitts from volume alone because it's just him and uh, Drake London in Atlanta offense right now. I mean, obviously, neither are but from a receiving perspective, it's really just those two guys. There's really nobody else to kind of balance the two of them. I just don't know that the scoring opportunities are going to be for Kyle Pitts. You talk about him being the number six tight end his rookie season. Even with all of those, the peppering of targets and the the thousand plus yards, he was still only number six because of the scoring opportunities. And I just don't know that it's going to get necessarily a lot better. I know you and I have talked about it. We hope it is. We think Desmond Ritter has the ability to move the ball and score some points with them uh, because he can. He's got some legs and they can move him around and and get him outside the pocket, roll him out, do some different things with him. But I, I see these other guys just in better situations, able to actually move the ball uh, and score some points. I, I think he's like that seven range, seven or eight range. And I'm okay with that because, I mean, who else are you going to want to play there? Evan Ingram at 30 years old with a contract, you know, are you reaching for Greg Dolchik? Like some, like I said, once you get past that Darren Waller for me, I just don't know that it, it makes sense. So uh, if I can get, Kyle Pitts in say the second or third round of a dynasty startup in a tight end premium league. I'm totally probably okay with that. Uh, uh, and really building my dynasty team for the four, possibly this year, depending on how the rest of the draft goes and way, way many years after. So. Yeah. And so, um, you know, here at SGPN college football is back and we're celebrating by giving away a bunch of cash in our college football bankroll challenge. It's free to enter season long contest, a thousand dollars for the first prize, 500 a second, but the prizes double to 2000 and 1000. If you're a Patreon for the SF for the CFP season, go to sports gambling podcast.com bankroll or click the link in the app. Just download the app. It's a SGPN app. 
DraftKings, college football fans, are you ready for week one? I know I am. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to get the season started off right. This week, new customers can bet $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team can go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. This this week we have a lot of different spreads and and tomorrow you know I know the guys are talking about Utah and even if Cam Rising doesn't play Utah wins week one I can't remember the last time they lost so give me Utah even though Utah's got you know they got they're uh, they're the favorites give me Utah money line take it life's more fun when you're in the action download sports. DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with, with code SGP. The crown is yours. If you had a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. State restrictions and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com/footballterms. Uh, so back to the rankings, and so Brad, the next guy on the list, I believe, was Dallas Goddard. Uh, yeah. So our top five: Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, and rounding out number five is Dallas Goddard. Uh, you are the the lowest on him. You hate him, as the the term that we talked about yesterday when we covered wide receiver rankings. You've got him at number six, and the rest of us have him at number five. So clearly, Dave, you need to explain yourself right now. Yeah, if anybody has not had the pleasure of putting their rankings out on any any platform, if you have somebody one spot higher or lower, you either are way too high or way too low on that player. Um, and I typically say, okay, let me see your list. And we typically are very close. Um, with Goddard, um, I think he's a great player. Uh, I think that, you know, the upside's a little lower because of the offense he's on. I'm looking for a guy that's going to get 100-plus targets a thousand plus air yards and he's he's very likely could be in that category but the fact that he's got two receivers that are being drafted in redraft in the top 17 18 receivers it's just really hard and i do think this offense has a little bit of regression this year they're going to have a tougher schedule they're going to have no shane steichen they're they have low lost both their offensive coordinators, lost some offensive linemen. They also lost some defensive pieces. And this was a hyper-efficient offense last year. Do I think it's going to be a bad team? No. I think they went 13, win, 13 wins, 14 wins. I think it's a good offense. But for them to have as much success, especially big plays and touchdowns like they did last year, that stuff could come down a little bit. And Dallas Goddard just, again, being the third option on the team makes it a little harder for him to have the upside than the guys that are above him. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. Um, I just feel like he has the ability to be explosive. He's, he can get those downfield targets and while, uh, well, he wasn't a hundred target guy last season. He did miss a fair number of games last year. Um, so, if, that was my next point. Yeah, he had about 70 targets. I, th I think he was just under 70 targets. 
Um, and that's missing time. So it's it's within the realm of possibility that in that offense he could be. I think that offense might be looking to throw the ball even more than they did last year. And while, yeah, I love the fact that you've got two other wide receivers and that could take targets away from him, if you look at when Dallas Goddard was healthy, he was the preferred option after A.J. Brown rather than Devonta Smith. It wasn't until Dallas Goddard started to deal with injuries that Devonta Smith really came on and came on strong. So I think the Eagles understand they have three amazing options to catch the ball. Now they add in DeAndre Swift. They got Rashad Penny to kind of pound the rock. Kenneth Gainwell still on. Boston Scott still on. Like they've got all of these players I don't know that it necessarily hurts him because he's going to have the ability to continue to play the middle of the field like he did last year. And even with missing time, he was still a top 10 tight end. So I I really like uh, Goddard. I actually really like his situation as well because he's in a superior offense. So um, I think he could be an absolute smash this year. I, I could see a world where this guy could potentially be a top three tight end if he can score some touchdowns I think that's the the one thing you know you get down into that red zone and you know he gets scavenged a little bit when you think Miles Sanders had double digit touchdowns in the red zone last year you saw Jalen Hurts with double digit touchdowns in the red zone last year uh and you've got guys like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith down there uh I could see a situation where he doesn't get a ton of touchdown upside maybe it's just those deep deep targets. So I, I get the concern. I just really like the talent in the situation. I mean, wouldn't say a whole lot of concern. I got him at six. Um, true. And That's so, true. um, yeah, I, I got, I'm not, I don't hate Dallas Goddard for the record. <laughs> I don't think he's a bad fantasy football player. Uh, Maybe that, what was the translation? Um, then George Kittle will be next. Yep. Yeah. So the, the next five, so from six to 10, we're talking George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Darren Waller, David Njoku, and Evan Ingram. That is that rounds out our top ten. So Kittle, Fryermuth, Waller, Njoku, and Ingram. Um, and as far as like you and me, Dave, we're pretty close. George Kittle, you've got him at five. I've got him at six. Fryermuth, you have it eight. I have it nine. Uh, I'm a little bit higher on Waller than you are. I have him at seven. You have him at ten. We'll flip-flop that for David Njoku. You've got Njoku a couple spots ahead of me, and then we're pretty much even on Evan Ingram. So um, so, so now you have to explain why you hate George Kittle. Yeah, so I, um, I am low on George Kittle. Even though we're only one spot different, you have him at five, I have him at six. My issue is his availability, 100%. Um, Every single season, you cannot depend on this guy in the playoffs or getting close to playoff time because he's dealing with nagging injuries. Uh, and I I hate that kind of situation. Look, by the end of the season, yep, George Kittle's likely going to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. It's just I struggle with the games that he misses or he tries to play hurt and he ends up sitting. There's just... There's a lot of availability concerns with me, not to mention the fact you're seeing Brock Purdy come back from that UCL surgery. 
how is he going to be able to throw the ball? Is he going to be crisp? Is he going to be clean? Is he going to be able to stay healthy the remainder of the season without Trey Lance? Do you trust Sam Darnold to be able to feed all of these offensive weapons between CMC and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell and all these guys that are going on? So um, I just I likely will not own a lot of George Kittle um, this season for sure. Yeah, and and so Darren Waller, I think you said I have him at ten, and that you have him at seven. Uh, they that's correct. I have him at seven. You have him at ten. Yeah, and so Darren Waller, I think is a, is a buy. Um, I do think there are you know there's a lot of excitement about this year, and I totally agree that I could I could definitely see him being one of the top three um, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, but I do think the fact that he's missed some time, the fact that he's thirty. Which don't get me wrong, he's much younger than Kelsey, but Kelsey's showing, you know, he's been showing to be healthy and showing, you know, uh, he's he finished, you know, strong. And it's, you know, all, all in Dynasty, as much as it is Dynasty, it's still what have you done for me lately? And Waller's just not done as much. Um, I will say when Waller played last year, the the metrics that you're looking for were good. Air yards, good. Separation, good. Yards per route run, good. And so, like, I, I was starting to write a sell article, and I was writing Darren Waller, and then I sold myself on Darren Waller. And so, just because I have him at 10 in Dynasty rankings, it's not that I, I dislike him. And and, uh, and and I have him as uh, tight end three in my um, uh, in my redraft rankings. I think he's going to be a stud this year. Um, but as far as, as, far as uh, trades, like, if you were to, let's say, move from a – you know, if you were to move up from Waller, um, do you happen to have any trades and see what, what Waller's going for right now? Yeah, I do. So he's he's the guy that I had pulled up because he's he's the interesting one. Like you said, we're both, you know, we've got him down the rankings a little bit from a dynasty perspective. But like you, uh, I definitely agree that this year could be a huge year for him. So let's let's say Darren Waller or Evan Ingram. Right, roughly the same age. Evan Ingram, I think, may be just around a year younger. Um, both going into you know uh, pretty solid quarterback play, uh, good teams around them. So who do, who do you prefer in that situation, Darren Waller or Evan Ingram? Yeah, uh, so Ingram's twenty eight and Waller's thirty, and uh, you know Ingram did just get that contract. Waller's under contract for a couple of years with the Giants. Um, you know, I think you do get immediate return with Waller over Ingram, um, who Ingram has, you know, he's had health issues in the past too. We can stay healthy on the giants. Um, and I think Calvin Ridley is going to hurt his value quite a bit. So I'll take, I'll take Waller and maybe have to readjust my rankings, but again, those are like tight end for tight end is, is just rankings. Yeah, I mean you're you're close. You've got Darren Waller ahead of Evan Ingram in your dynasty rankings, just like I do. Uh, and and for the same reason, you look at Darren Waller. That what the Giants are doing, they they just want athletes. They want to put athletes on the field. Wandale Robinson, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, Darren Waller, all of these big athletic, not big, but I mean like big time athletes, athletic profile guys out on the field. And Darren Waller is the biggest guy they got. 
uh, as well. And I think he's going to be the target monster in that offense. And like you said, Evan Ingram likely takes a hit with Calvin Ridley because they didn't lose Christian Kirk. They didn't lose Zay Jones. They still have some of the really good ball players that, that were with that team last year that took them to the playoffs. And I think it just t- takes it a, a little step further for them. Uh, so I, while I think Evan Ingram is still a very good tight end from a, a redraft perspective and even a dynasty perspective, I think Waller is going to outperform him this year. So, uh, um, all right, let's, let's, let me, let me give you one more. Let, let me, give me talk about underdog fantasy real quick. Um, August is almost over and you know what that means. Time is running out to draft your fantasy football team on underdog fantasy. If you get your championship ready for your home league. By trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy, all you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. $15 million of total prizes for grabs, including an absurd $3 million to the winner. If you have what it takes, just download Underdog Fantasy and see if you can win it all. Time is now, the last day of your fantasy football team, to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com and find them in the App Store and sign up today with promo code SGPN. Your first deposit will be doubled up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Um, I, I saw the Gibbs uh, all-purpose yards. I think it was at 40 and a half. Smash, I think Gibbs is going to he's gonna be heavily involved. You're going to have no Jamison Williams. It's going to be a high-scoring game against the Chiefs. And I think you see David Montgomery and Gibbs on the field together. Like There's a difference between – Players that are like they they catch a bunch of passes like Najee Harris because Ben Roethlisberger is dumping it down and a receiving back like an Aaron Jones or Nalvin Kamara. He's a receiving back. If you're concerned with your gambling, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And then I do want to remember to tell you guys about Patreon. Make sure you check out our sports gambling podcast, Patreon. Mention how you know this is the easy way to become a family, part of the SGPN family. Get exclusive perks, a contest including the NFL win contest for $1,000 first prize. Next week, the Patreon's pick them is, is all week one. Um, the prize is a cornhole board, perfect for any college football tailgate. It's a great way to support the, the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com backslash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com backslash Patreon. Yeah, so so a couple other trades for Darren Waller that uh, you know I think goes to prove what you talked about earlier on why he's a buy. Uh, would you rather have Darren Waller or Romeo Dobbs, Irv Smith, and a 2025 second-round pick? Yeah, Waller. Would you rather have Darren Waller or Puka Nakua and a 25 second and a 25 third? Yeah, Waller. Yeah. Would you rather have Darren Waller and a third or A.J. Dillon? Yeah, Waller. Yeah, like I'm, he is very affordable right now, so – um, and like what Jamie's talking about here and Dave, and Dave, you mentioned it, he could be a top three tight end this year. So for that kind of price, I think you're, you're silly not to go get him. Yeah. And so, and Jamie, we talked about how I do my rankings and it's kind of on perceived value and you see, like, that's why I got him lower. Um, you know, essentially my, my rankings are very similar to ADP and like Waller's just they're treating him like he's 80 years old. Like, don't get me wrong. I always make the joke that Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey are the same age. But, yeah, like four four years younger than Travis Kelsey. And he's getting treated like he's super old. Speaking of old tight ends, I, I thought the Jimmy Graham thing was a joke. 
until I saw that he's actually on the Saints. Like, yeah. I was like, man, yeah. that guy really does look like Jimmy Graham. Oh, no, it is. It is. It is indeed. It is indeed. The next guy up after Darren Waller is David Njoku. Uh, and I feel tainted because I'm the Browns fan. So, Dave, I want to get your perspective first on David Njoku because everybody's going to know what I have to say about him. Yeah, I think if we were to put our consensus and then put all of the Browns players, you probably got every, like I was looking at the rankings yesterday. Every Brown has like at least a five, like a five spot bump. A little bump, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. But the Joku, I was hired for some reason. And I don't know. The Joku always ends up in the top 10, but like it never really feels like it. And so I do think that there is some, potential there this year i think the offense does they do pass the ball a little more um you know they did just trade for pierre strong but they didn't make any major moves to you know get another running back behind nick chubb um they're obviously going to run the ball a lot they're going to run 12 personnel but they're talking about running more 11 personnel out of this this offense having a faster pace offense and we've seen with deshaun watson his ability to, to push the ball down the field. And that's going to be a lot different than you had with, with Jacoby Brissett. Brissett was more of a game manager, more of your short passing game, you know, take the, the clock down to the last second. And before you say hike, you're going to see a lot more um, pace of play, I think out of the Browns this year, which is going to help everyone on the offense, but, but particularly the receiving pieces and Najoku, yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. I don't see him as a top three guy, but I just think at the end of the year, he's going to be a top 10, top 12 guy, and just you're getting pretty good value for him. Yeah, I mean, I've got him in the top 12. I got him in 11 right now. And uh, look, the we hope the offense is better. Um, they signed David Njoku to a pretty good, sizable deal f- at the tight end position. I think the Harrison Bryan experience is kind of over to be, you know, unless they're looking to bring in an extra blocker. He got used quite a bit as a receiving tight end his rookie season, and they just didn't – it kind of fell apart for him. So I think Njoku is that big athletic guy that they see taking over the middle of the field. They got Amari Cooper playing the outside, Elijah Moore playing those underneath routes, and you saw it in the last preseason game, the ability of Deshaun Watson to – just place the ball where nobody else can get it, but David Njoku on that touchdown pass. So I do think he has some potential to be in that, you know, top seven uh, tight end range this season. The killer is again with him is injuries, right? We've talked about it with a couple guys and, and he has struggled to kind of stay healthy and consistent as well. So I want to see him take that next step. I want to see him get some consistent targets and that's going to depend on if Alex Van Pelt is truly looking to let Deshaun Watson run this offense and run it through him instead of through Nick Chubb, like it has been the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and I'll say that this group, like once we got past Dallas, Dallas Goddard, this group of guys are guys that I would use to get up in the other group. So we talked about tiers. I have, you know, I think that, you know, Pitts and Andrews and, and Kelsey are kind of in their own tier. I have Hawkinson and Kittle in their their tier with with Goddard. And then after that, I feel like you you all those guys 
the difference between tight end six and tight end three is massive. The difference between tight end six and tight end one is crazy. But if you can go and trade Najoku, Fryermuth, Waller, the guys that like Dalton Kincaid, if you can trade those guys to get up into the Andrews, Pitts, Kelsey tier, that's what I would like to do instead of the opposite where you're trading a, you know, you're trading a uh, TJ Hawkinson and getting Najoku and a, a second round pick. Yeah, that's tough because I just don't know. Like if I put myself in the shoes of uh, an as an owner of any of those top five tight ends that we talked about, I, whether I'm rebuilding or um, competing, I don't see a world where I'm moving one of those guys for a Dalton or for a, a, a David Njoku or a, an Evan Ingram or a, a Darren Watt. Like I just don't see it. Like, this is one of those situations where, you know, we talked about tearing down at the wide receiver position yesterday. I just don't know that that is a thing that you're going to see a lot of people do unless you are willing to severely overpay to make it happen. So I just don't know that you're going to be able to make a deal like that happen. You know, the one exception may be Travis Kelsey. Maybe you can turn around and move Dalton Kincaid and a first or something like that for, for Travis Kelsey. I think it did. And even then, I think people may be asking for a little bit more than that. So um, that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll see if I can't find a trade that's got Kincaid and Kelsey in it. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, it is hard and there's, you know, it's not like the other positions where there's 30 different guys. I mean, there's really like six and then there's these other guys. Like I said, the difference between the tight end 12 and tight end six was pretty massive. You know, it was a good, it was a good four or five points a game. And then it was about 12 points a game, you know, when you moved to Kelsey. And so, um, you know, now looking at the next guy on our list, is it uh, Farmuth? Uh, so Farmuth was seven, Darren Waller was eight, David Njoku was nine, and Evan Ingram was number ten. Evan Ingram was number ten, and so ten. Um, and so we talked a little about Ingram. So is Kincaid eleven? So, yep, the next we'll, – we'll go the next three because I think they're probably at least worth talking about. Uh, 11 is Dalton Kincaid, 12 is Greg Dulcich, and 13 is Chig Aconquo. Yes, and so this is a very interesting group. You know, Kincaid has the best draft capital of the group. Um, Dulcich got a little bit of hype last summer, and then all of a sudden he came on, and he showed to be pretty good. And then this summer everyone's been dogging him, then Adam Troutman – apparently was going to be the starter. And then all of a sudden, like it went from Russ has all these weapons to who's Russ going to throw the ball to. And so I think Dulce is one of the guys that really benefited from the Tim Patrick injury. And now with Jerry Judy out, I mean, they're going to have to run the ball more, probably a lot more 12 personnel, which means more tight ends. And Dulce is going to be on the field. And Sean Payton's used tight ends well in, in his offenses in the past. So, um, I like all three of these guys, um, but I, I like Kincaid the most. Oh, yeah. for I mean, it's not even close to me. I mean, you're looking at, at three super athletic tight ends in all three of these guys, but I just feel like 
I'm going to go with the guy who's in the better offense with the better uh, quarterback. And really probably what I would, you could argue, maybe you don't, but you could argue less target competition because in Buffalo, you're looking at Stephon Diggs and really that's it. Gabe Davis, uh, you know, had a pretty decent season around that 700-yard mark uh, again uh, for the third year in a row. Greg Dolchik, you're looking at both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I'm not ready to give up on Cortland Sutton. Uh, I mean, I don't have him, like, high in my wide receiver rankings or anything. I don't even think we got to him yesterday. Uh, but I think there's more target challenge there in Denver for him. And then the same thing with Chig and a run, a clearly run first offense with Derrick Henry. They bring in a target machine in DeAndre Hopkins, and they still have their high first round pick in Traylon Burks uh, that's going to demand some targets as well. So, I, I mean, Kincaid is easily uh, the guy there. He's 11 for the SGPN team, but Dave, you and I, you've got him at seven, and I have him at eight. So, both of us have him in our top 10. It's just the consensus SGPN rankings uh, that have all five of us in it uh, Emerson, Bruni, and uh, Adam. Uh, kind of drove him down the rankings a little bit. I was wondering because I was like, how the yeah. heck do I have him that high? And he's still not on the board yet. Yep. So yep. Um, any other tight ends? I know we're not going to go through all 20, you know, 24 tight ends. Um, unless you're in a two tight end league, you can DM me and I'll send you my rankings. But yep. um, really just 13, 14 guys. Um, anyone you want to talk yep. about? Yeah, I think there's at least a couple to mention. So Cole Komet, I have maybe maybe too high. I have him at, at tight end 10. You've got him at 15. Adam has him at 16. Uh, Bruni has him at 17. So maybe I am a little too high on him. But I just really like what I see out of him. And he, we've seen him kind of slowly progress from year to year. He's taken like that normal path for a tight end, right? It's not the Kyle Pitts path where he comes out and he lights the world on fire and then he doesn't. And everybody's like, oh my God, Kyle Pitts, what the hell? Uh, it's that, you know, hey, three, four, five years, he just steadily gets better and better and better. Uh, they paid him. They brought in DJ Moore that I think is going to help him, not hinder him um they clearly want to give justin field some weapons to be able to throw the ball because the um, the volume of running that that dude did last year i i think they realize they're putting him at a pretty high level of risk so they're going to try to save him a little bit obviously justin fields is still going to run the ball but i really like where cole Komet is positioned in that offense for the long term and if justin fields can continue to take another step I think he's going to be a really, really nice tight end for a long time. Um, so so maybe it's a little bit of projection for me, but um, you ask about Trey McBride. We've got him at number 17 overall. Uh, I've got him a little bit further down than than others. And what was the other – who was the other one? Dolce. Uh, oh, we talked about Dolchik. He is um, at tight end number 12 for the SGPN team. And Dave, you and I are a little bit lower on him. You've got him at 14. I have him at 16. So um, I guess the only other thing to maybe mention is where are you at with some of these other rookie tight ends, Dave? So we, we obviously talked about Dalton Kincaid, but are you interested in a Michael Mayer or a Sam Laporta or Darnell Washington or, um, you know, some of these tight ends that went to Green Bay and Luke Musgraves and Tucker Craft, like are any of these guys of interest to you as long term tight end options? Yeah, I think this was this was a very good tight end class. And all of a sudden it's like 
Nobody wants to talk about it. And so I have Sam Laporta at 12. Um, I got him above Chig, above Dulcich. I got my my tight ends are, are uh, we'll go Darren Waller at 10, Evan Ingram at 11. Then I got Sam Laporta at 12, Chig at 13, Greg D at 14, Cole Komet at 15. Then I have Michael Mayer at 16, Luke Musgrave at 17. Then I have Schultz McBride. So McBride at 19. And I, I think Schultz is being a little underrated right now. Um, I know there's no long-term fit for him, but he's been a good tight end for Dynasty, and he could be easily be one of the top targets there in Houston for a team that doesn't really have a, a clear-cut number one. Yep, for sure. And we'll go through my top 12 also because mine, i got a couple guys that we didn't talk about either. Uh, Mark Andrews at number one, Kyle Pitts at number two, uh, TJ Hawkinson at number three, Travis Kelsey four, Dallas Goddard five, George Kittle at six, Darren Waller seven, Dalton Kincaid at eight, Pat Fryermuth at nine, Cole Komet at 10, David Njoku at 11, and Evan Ingram at 12. You talk about some of these other guys. I got Sam Laporta at 14, uh, not crazy low, Michael Mayer at 18. I do think Luke Musgrave people probably need to be talking about a little bit more than they are. They have him way down. So I, I think that's another guy to, to just keep on yeah, the radar. Let's go. I'm, I'm eventually going to get – I think I've got Brad a little bit on the Musgrave. You do. You do. You uh, do. And so <laughs> he looked freaking good this preseason. Jordan really Love did. looked pretty good. I liked how I – Jordan Love was moving around a lot. He seemed very comfortable back there. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying every quarterback's going to look, look good in preseason and light the world on fire. But he at least looked like he knew what he was doing, and uh, he looked confident back there. But Musgrave looked good, and he's just a big freak athlete. And those are the kind of guys that you want to bet on. And when you're looking at tight ends, these guys that have they have the stuff. And so yep. he's either going to hit or he's not. But he definitely has the upside because of his size and his uh, his um, athleticism. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, man, let's uh, let's get out of here. Appreciate you hanging out with us, Jamie, as always. Emerson and I were doing a show earlier, and we talked about you. So uh, make sure you check that one out. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.